You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Friend of the show joins us, eight-year NFL vet at linebacker, ESPN College Football, Rams pre-post halftime host, LA Gridiron Weekly, ESPN Los Angeles, Kirk Morrison. Man, I used to have more broadcasting jobs with you. Now I got to pick up another two to keep up with you. I'm going to have to tap out, my friend. <laughs> no, man. Don't say that, JT. You know, you're the guy, man. I, I got it all from you. You know that. I learned it from you, JT. Well, I'll tell you, I'm proud of you. Every time I follow your social media, we talk to friends in the business. You're doing such a great job. And once a Raider, always a Raider. Before we talk about your career, you just heard Carl Joseph coming out of the break there. And, look, I look at Carl Joseph as a guy who can do some things well, but when he was with the Raiders, from time to time he was hit or miss. Knowing John Abrams back there, Arnett Young at one corner, Trayvon Mullins there, Gus Bradley. Tell me about his principles and how he's trying to rebuild this new defense, his style of defenders. Well, look, he wants to be fast. He wants to be quick. He wants to be hard-hitting. He wants guys to fly around, make plays, but I think he also wants some smart football players and guys who, who understand situations, you know, and understand, hey, the, the time of possession. We all know the NFL is about situational football right now, JT, and it's understanding the situation on what needs to be had, what needs to be done. Carl Joseph brings a ton of experience, and look, he was drafted by a different regime, a different coaching staff that envisioned him to be a different type of player. So, yeah, when it switched over, he struggled a bit, but at times, you saw why he was picked in the first round. He goes to Cleveland for a year and, you know, sees how it's done, but he, you know, made the playoffs, had a, a chance to win a playoff game. So I think he brings that experience to the Las Vegas Raiders now of how to get it done, but also playing with something on the line. So I think that's going to be huge for what Gus Bradley's trying to preach in that back end. Kirk Morrison's our guest. So the Raiders added a bunch of guys, defensive tackles, defensive players, and this is just another example. It seems like they're bringing in a lot of players who aren't going to be guaranteed to be starters. They could be role players. Yannick Ngakwe comes off the edge, Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell. So they seem to have their core base of the defensive line improved if the younger players continue to play well. Linebacker, the position you played with, Littleton of the Rams when he came over, really took, I thought, a major step back. We were looking for someone who was going to be a perennial or close to being a pro bowler, Nick Kwiatkowski, and then Morrow was brought back. So talk about the front seven for the Raiders and where do you think they stand coming into the draft? Competition. That, mm-hmm. That's what I see, uh, honestly. I see competition that no spot is given to anyone. you got out to earn a spot this year, and I think that's going to be huge because I think Gus Bradley, his style of defense is going to be downhill. Watching him in Los Angeles the last couple of years, I can tell you that he's going to put the best players on the field. But he wants guys to – to just play, just go out there, run around, hit, tackle. And and, and honestly, it's not going to be a ton of X's and L stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be very simplified. Guys will know where each other is supposed to be at, and you're betting that that guy's going to be there. I think at times the Raiders have had guys who are still learning the system, learning the scheme, and at, at a point in which there's no more time. You just got to go out there and play. So that's what I think is more simplifying what they're doing, and let everybody going out there playing fast. I think that's what can get, you know, guys like Littleton and Kwiatkowski all on the same page. And that front four, that, that, that front four really, you know, that defensive line, getting some good push up the middle. I think we've seen them when and they added, you know, guys in the middle of the defense now to go with you, Mitch, Mitch and Unique and Gakwe. 
in Crosby. But I think you're now going to have multiple different groups of guys, though, JT, that can rush the passer. We may not just see your traditional defensive end lining up in a 4-3 on the outside. You may be seeing Cleveland Farrell kick down and rush over a guard, you know, maybe. Maybe Max Crosby, you'll see him on the same side as a Yannick Ngakwe, you know, try to get that matchup. What does that look like? So I'm encouraged with what the Raiders have done so far. But, again, it goes back to what I said. They're creating competition at all levels with Morrow coming back as well at linebacker. Kirk Morrison joins us, former Raider, ESPN LA. Just one more player, Derek Carr, and he had a good year last year, very good year last year. He's in the top ten as a quarterback. And do you like the progressions he's making? Because a lot of people didn't think he'd be here potentially in the fourth year of the Gruden system. Now all his real money's been paid. He's got a future he's got to have to play for. Do you think this is another one of those make-or-break years for Carr? Because he's very good, but a lot of fans want to see him take the Raiders to the next level and win playoff games. Yeah, I think that that's what the big holdup is with Raider Nation is that you know he's got all the records. He's done a ton for the organization. He's brought stability to the quarterback position, but at the end of the day, he's got zero playoff appearances and zero starts in the playoffs. The only time that they did go – um, he wasn't the starter. Remember, he got injured in the game mm-hmm. prior or a couple weeks prior and could not start in the playoff game versus Houston that year. I think they, they've added the weapons. They've you know, invested draft picks uh, for him. And I think it's just about the time that he just, you know, it, it's to a point where there's no more excuses. Uh, franchise quarterbacks take a team to the playoffs regardless of the defense isn't playing well, special teams is bad. And I think we got to put Derek Carr as that caliber of quarterback and I think that he's he's done that now. He showed that last year, but now he has to raise it up another level. That's the one thing about the quarterback position. It's always, what have you done for me lately? And last year was okay, but I think we expect better. We expect more from Derek. I expect more from Derek because I think it's in him. I think it's in him to be able to lead his team to the playoffs. And so we'll see now. We'll see what this year is all about having everybody available, right, having the offensive line together. I think a lot of the question marks that were there last year, you probably won't have this year. you got two running backs that you can hand the ball off to. Darren Waller is still one of the top three tight ends, I think, in the NFL. And then we'll see this group of wide receivers come together with the addition of John Brown. So I'm excited that offensively they'll be there and that the defense can now finally catch up. And we'll see what they do in the draft as well. They got four picks in the first three rounds, JT. I think that you can get some solid, I mean, some uh, solid starters and key contributors that can really put this team over the hump. Kirk Morrison, as we wrap it up. So what's new with you? You got a lot of responsibilities with the Rams <laughs> on game day. I know you want to get out to Vegas on off yeah. weeks to get into a Legion Stadium and see games. So you're really busy. Tell tell the Raider family what's new with you. Uh, it's you know same over with me, JT. I'm a uh, you know, still the uh, on the Rams radio broadcast, so I start there. You know, game day coverage, pregame, postgame, halftime. I do that you know on Sundays, but I also, um, you know, I'm on the NFL channel on SiriusXM, uh, where you know I'm talking all of the NFL. And mm-hmm. I recently just launched my own show, uh, LA Gridiron Weekly, here in Los Angeles, ESPN LA, where we do talk Raiders. It's not just uh, the local teams and the Rams and the Chargers. We know that there's a fan base here in Los Angeles that is still Raider Nation, and I get Raider Nation calls all the time, JT, so you can hear that on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And you know, still doing college football. This weekend I'm doing the Vanderbilt spring game for ESPN, so I'm dialed wow. in with a lot of these players, uh, you know, having covered them in college and, and spoke with them. And it's always it's great around this time for me because the guys who I've you know, watched over the years and now finally going to the NFL and, and to see them go. Like this year I had three BYU games 
with Zach Wilson. And I said, man, that's an NFL player right there. And mm-hmm. I think he'll be the second player taken in this draft. So it's those, those types of stories that uh, I've been around lately. And, you know, that's what's my, been my passion and drive, man. Football has been fun to cover, to play. Uh, and to follow as well. Keep it going, my friend. Look forward to seeing you out here a lot when I get to L.A. Appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely, JT. I'm coming out there, man, soon. I'm coming out there. So so as we get done with this spring football season, man, I will be out in Vegas, and I can't wait for you to walk me around Allegiant Stadium, man. It looks great. No doubt about it. We'll have a great time. That's Kirk. Have a great day. Thank you. Always. Thanks, JT. Allegiant is going the distance for health and safety on the ground and in the air because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. Former Raiders Super Bowl champion, Ed Moransky, kind enough to join us. How are you, sir? How about that? Nice to talk to you, JT. I want to spend our time that we have talking to you. Tell me how you got to Michigan and had that unbelievable career before the Raiders. What was it about your early years, Youngstown, Ohio, developing as a multi-sport athlete that got you to become the football player you are? Well, you know, it come from a working man, great work ethic, Youngstown, Ohio, where obviously Ray Man, Boom Boom Mancini, the Stoopsons, we all went to the same high school, had great parents kind of showing us the way. I had a chance uh, being six foot seven, I was told that I was going to play football. Was decent in high school. Had a chance to be recruited by then Ohio State, Woody Hayes, Dan Devine, Notre Dame, and Michigan. I thought JT at that time I wanted to be a pharmacist. The most successful person I knew in my life was my uncle Ray. He was a pharmacist in Pittsburgh. Michigan had a doctor of pharmacy program. Bo won, and Jerry Hanlon, my line coach, won over my parents and uh, recruited me early. And uh, although I went to a Catholic school my whole life, I picked Michigan. And, you know, when you're 18 years old, you don't have a lot of good choices. But that, that was a good one. I, I would do it all over again. What was your highlight at Michigan? I saw in your bio carrying Bo Schembechler off the field after the 81 Rose Bowl. What is your fondest memory at the University of Michigan as a player? Well, that was, that was our junior year. And we had, you know, we had a, a great team beat uh, Washington. And that was Bo's first bowl victory. And uh, I don't know if it was carrying him off or seeing Bo at 3 in the morning having a cigar when I when I realized that I wasn't going to get cut uh, off the team. It could be an outlay. It was that whole day. That whole day was the, was the uh, greatest day I had at Michigan. I was so happy for Bo. He was like a second father to me. And to deliver, you know, we, we, had, a, we, had, a, uh, we had a great defense and a uh, – great offense that, uh, that uh, really dominated that game that that really was that really was my highlight as a team obviously i had uh, had a you know a chance to uh you know be all big 10 and be all american and here there and everywhere but you know when you go to michigan it's uh it's all about the team we win a lot of championships and uh, it's really it's really uh, been great for me in life of all the lessons that i learned from bo that really had nothing to do with football and a lot to do with life, JT. Ed Moransky joins us, Raiders Super Bowl champion. So you come to the L.A. Raiders 82. Tell us about that through Oakland and the transition and Al Davis. Give us the first big Al Davis story in your yeah. life and how he found you. So so at the time, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Raiders and maybe one other one would do their own combine. And we were at uh, the old Texas Stadium. First time I met Mr. Davis. And... Uh, I, I told him how much I loved the twos, 
and that uh, what what an attitude he had, and I I uh, I loved how he played, and I uh, loved the intensity he brought to the defense, and and uh, he and I struck up a relationship then that we had our whole life. Uh, ended up uh, getting drafted by them, and uh, my rookie year was actually we practiced in uh, in Oakland and Alameda and. Flew down to LA for the, our home game, so we already were transitioning, becoming the LA Raiders. And uh, you know, from the time I stepped foot in rookie camp, Lyle Alzado was there. He just got traded. Al Al was giving me a tour of the Raiders facility at the time, next to the airport. And uh, they're sitting on a chair as the twos. And I was half kidding, half uh, you know, straight that I'd wanted his number. I was 72 in college. He was 72 with the Raiders. And uh, he said to me, he said, look, if you come out with me tonight and could make practice tomorrow, you could have my number. And I'll just grab my arm and said, you gotta, you gotta keep walking, go. But, uh, you know, it's just so many great memories. You know, I was so lucky to be able to, uh, to have people like Al Davis in my life. He, uh, in, in you know back in the 80s the way he treated the players and the people around him and mark continues it today i mean it's uh you know one of my last conversations with him i, I talked and i still do it with my employees when he gave us the turkeys and hams and i thought it was another rookie prank but you know you show up and you know you're 21 years old out in california and there's the davis family wanting to be part of your thanksgiving those are things you don't forget ed Moransky, as we wrap it up so the super bowl and a friend of mine told me that you had a hell of a career as a businessman too eddie DeBartolo jr just tie that up if you can ed your life after football because it's been very successful what do you attribute that to uh, i i attribute to the great mentors i had like l davis like bill schembechler taught me how to uh to have great work ethic, my family, and, uh, you know, in the business world, I had my father-in-law, who was a great mentor of mine, Mr. DeBartolo Sr., mm-hmm. who was a great mentor of mine, and, uh, you know, just, I was there, and I had work ethic, and I took risk, and, you know, we're, we're, we're doing very well. We employ a lot of people, changing a lot of people's lives, still here and outside of Youngstown, Ohio, and, uh, you know, still following the Raiders. We're at the Raiders Browns game. Still, uh, still have the, uh, the you know silver and black in my heart. Looking forward to seeing them in Vegas. This is interesting to me. So finally, as a businessman, you have a lot of success, and you get a lot out of seeing other people become successful. Ed, what'd you learn so far during COVID and all the restrictions and keeping people employed and trying to keep people encouraged as they fight through one of the most difficult times in our country? I I, I think JT, you have to be unselfish and you know if you think you're the only one going through this you're wrong Mm -hmm. and and i think for those of us that have legs and arms and heads you have to be out there and think of the shut-ins that can't go even get a handout for food and you know just come up with different things to make other people's lives better and I, i think the one thing that about a month into the pandemic you realize is that tomorrow is unknown none of us have control of tomorrow but just be safe and be in it for one another. Try to try to give and do as much as you can for others. And that uh, you know, during this time, I, I've seen so many great things done that uh, give me great hope for the future of our children. So many young people going out and volunteering and helping. And uh, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this pandemic. I think in another two to three months, everyone's going to have enough vaccine. And uh, 
you know, we're, we're going to be back at it. And I, I hope by the fall, the football stadiums will be full. I hope we see you out here in Vegas. Ed. I know the Raider alumni department thinks the world of you. I do. Mark Davis, you got that Raider brick, which means everything from the foundation. So hopefully you and your family are out here and we get a chance to hang out together. Yeah, yeah, we will do that. And I'm looking forward. Uh, we have, you know, Mr. Woodson and Mr. Flores. About 40 minutes from me are going into the Hall of Fame. We're going to have a hell of a party here in Youngstown, too. And uh, I told Mark and all of Raider Nation, and, uh, we're going to we're going to party. That's, uh, that's a special time for Coach Flores and for Charles Woodson. We'll see you there. Thanks, Ed. Have a great day. Thanks for doing this. All right, JT. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.